Welcome home. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home. Tomorrow is Graham's 40th birthday and we're feeling a bit nervous. Actually, she's a bit nervous. So we've brought in an expert to help us navigate the changing decades and shed light on how to embrace and enjoy the next chapters. Plus, why the midlife crisis isn't just sports cars and plastic surgery, what empty nesters know that the rest of us don't, and the 50th birthday party to end all birthday parties. All that and more on today's episode of Welcome Home. Welcome home, birthday girl. It's beginning to look, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's what I usually call Kirsten and say on my birthday. You said on your birthday, you say that when kids go back to school. Yeah, I know. You say that pretty much every time except Christmas. (laughs) That's true. It's a ubiquitous phrase. Um, Tomorrow's a big day, Kirsten. It is a big day. How are you feeling? It'll be great. I mean, we're lying because we're taping this in December, but we Yeah, you want to know where I'll be? I shouldn't even say. I'll be, think I'll be in Oxford, Mississippi. Why? Well, I- Are going to an Ole Miss game? No, we're doing a tour of the Southeast cities that we've never been to. So we're kind (laughs) of- Only Graham would Oh, Harrison's so upset because he keeps saying to me, he's like, what do you want? Give me something. Tell me something. And I haven't told him a single thing. And he's kind of peeved at me. I've got to give him something because you're right. I've got nothing on the calendar for the third. Like literally, I don't have a lunch. I don't have a dinner. I don't have a party. I don't have anything. Yeah. By choice. I I mean, by choice. But Because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Well, yeah, and it seems like a lot to ask of people, and everyone hates. I mean, celebrating on that January third is like everyone's done celebrating. But But then I don't want to have a day where I just sit in my house all day. I I thought I just wanted to like hang out, and well, okay. So what I did was I went on a really really long walk. Okay. And what? Yeah, which which I do with my dog and my husband. You love walks. I love my long walks. So well, you love a long walk too. What do you say? I do too. No, you're giving me good ideas. I think I want to do this. Pot kettle. Um, yeah, so I went on a really long walk, and then um, I, you know, and I was fielding birthday calls, and some of them I let go to text, some of them I'd take them. And like I got mine. You let mine go to voicemail. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Whose did you take if you didn't take mine? You're. <laughs> I because took high school best friends. That's the funny thing. Yeah, because because they're so random when they call. You have to. You got to keep it up. It's like when you get random um, Christmas cards from people that you you know that you haven't, and you quickly throw one in the mail to them. Because you don't want to lose the Christmas card. <laughs> okay, so I, I did take the call from from high school best friend. You suck. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, uh, well, I had somebody I had to actually ask her about it real quick. So, okay, I won't even get. Okay, actually, I'll tell you what. You I had screened to ask my call. Like you screened my call <laughs> well, on your fortieth so, birthday. No, no, no. So we're on a walk. My husband and I are walk, and I'm wearing my new fanny pack, and I was really excited to show my new fanny pack that has, um, that has. Like, cause it's where I keep my like dog poop bags and everything. And, and he said, he looked at me in my, my hookah shoes, which he thinks are horrible. And my oh, your hookahs. Yeah. I have hookahs too. They're cool. They're well, the, with the, them. orthopedic support. Yeah. yeah they got exactly. Walking to 40. And he, uh, and he said, he looked at my shoes. He looked at my fanny pack. He's like, I always wonder like if middle age would like sneak up on you or if it's a conscious decision, but looking at you on your 40th birthday with your fanny pack, you're so proud of. And I said, he's like, and now I know what happens. And I said, no, no, fanny packs are cool. 
they're really cool right now. They're really in. And I was like, like if I were walking around some really cool city, like Brooklyn, I just randomly said Brooklyn. I said, I'd be wearing a fanny pack. And he said, no, 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 no. So my friend who was calling lives in Brooklyn. So I had to pick up the phone to ask her if fanny packs were cool. And what'd she say? Yes. He right. said, not on a 40-year-old woman walking her dog with her husband wearing hokas. So in Arizona, right? That's the thing. It's got to be, you've got to wear a fanny pack to, I'm trying to think a place where you'd want to be, like to a yoga class. Right. And not, and not just not the way I was doing. The way I was doing it was very old lady. So anyhow, and then we get, and then as we're walking, we ran into the six-year-old couple and they had a fanny pack too. And Boots is like, those are your people. Those are your people. <laughs> wait, I have a follow-up question. Wait, Do wait, you wait. wear your fanny pack on your front or on your back? Because um, I feel like, remember the name. No, we're I, not going to get into this. We're not going to get into this again. The origin you don't of fanny turn pack. It, you don't turn it around. Do you wear it on your back? No, I wear it on my front. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. It's kind of a misnomer then. We're not going to get into this again. So my, um, so my friend picked up the phone and, and she said, happy birthday. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, 40. Can you believe it? And she like did a double take. She's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't realize it was 40. And, oh, and she realized had, what a big day she was calling on. Right. And she, and then she's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, you're going to turn 42 in the spring. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, not for seven months. I, I hadn't really thought about it. And she literally had her midlife crisis on the phone. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's my birthday. And she, I'm so sorry. I just, wow, you're 40. And I was like, I was cool with it till you called and right. brought up what a big deal this was well, and made me feel horrible. And that's the funny thing too, is you've got to put a little extra oomph into it when you call someone on a milestone birthday. It's yes. not the normal call that you make when someone's like 37 or 41. You've got to like really go big. Right, right. But anyway, I caused someone's midlife crisis on my 40th birthday by her not realizing I had turned 40 and thus she was turning 40 and it was all just very hard for her. So I love that. Do you Anyhow, know, oh, go ahead. After you screen calls on your birthday that you're required to call people back or do you think not? I think it's your birthday. You can screen, you can call, you can do whatever you want. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that, was, that was an etiquette question. We need to get back to some. I don't know. Are you going to call? Am I, are you going to take my call tomorrow? Um, no, now I'm not because I'm now. <laughs> I'll send you a Facebook message. Yeah, it's great. I and don't then the next Facebook. day you can say, thanks for all the sweet birthday messages. That's like part of a birthday now. That's my birthday's of, like, not listed birthday on Facebook, so nobody knows when my birthday is. I thought I wasn't, didn't want to do anything special for my birthday. And then at about 11, I said, you know what? I would think I want a facial. Oh, wait. Okay. This is good. Okay. So long walk and then... Facial, and then I just, of course, yeah, I called the, the neighborhood spa and I have, of course, because you live in Arizona. Anyone who's in Arizona, listening, there's like, here's, you, can, you can get a facial easier than you can get a tank of gas. Totally. Kirsten lives. Totally. Like, <laughs> and I had like a gift card. It was like, which is sort of pathetic that like on my birthday, I was, I was also like, I have a gift card, but yeah, <laughs> but I, had an I gotta make a gift plan. card sitting in my wallet. So you're just, helping me. This is good. I got to make a plan for the day or else I'm going to lose my mind. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to schedule some, a long walk, schedule something, eat some lunch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I can handle that. Yeah. So Great. anyhow. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about how to handle the, the deeper things. This is a this is a good episode. We've got Kelly is a professional therapist. She's um runs multiple uh mental health sort of based businesses. I actually she's local to, to me in Phoenix. Um I met her on a Brene Brown retreat, as we'll discuss, but um but yeah, so she is just a wealth of knowledge and she deals with this sort of stuff in her practice all the time. So we were thrilled to have her on the show and we hope you all enjoy the conversation about these milestone birthdays. And we hope Graham has a wonderful milestone birthday tomorrow. Thank you. I'll pick up the phone for my listeners, but not for you. <laughs> <Sweet friend. laughs> Love Welcome you. home. <laughs> 
I don't think you mean that. <laughs> welcome. We're so excited right now to have Kelly McGurk here. Kelly, welcome to Welcome Home. This is such a treat. Thanks, guys. This is super fun. And so timely, Kelly. So uh, this when this is airing, tomorrow I will be turning 40 years old. <laughs> tomorrow is oh a big day. Gosh, Graham, happy birthday, girl. Oh, well, thank you. So I felt like I needed to bring on a high-level professional to help me uh, navigate these rocky waters. <laughs> the high-level professional that just turned 50 um, last month, that one. <laughs> oh, congratulations. And happy birthday to you, Kelly. Well, thank you. Just got off that Maui trip celebrating that. Oh, so you're on the 50th bender. So what's that? Gee, is that like a line well, wait, item in Graham, your budget as well? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. This is, this is the topic of the show, okay? So everybody knows that Kelly is professional. She's not just like Graham and I with the microphone. She actually like has some, some qualifications behind, behind her name, which is exciting. And I met Kelly on a Brene Brown, would we call it a retreat, Kelly? Uh, I would call it a retreat, yeah. Yeah. It's just a fan club. Are you guys in the Brene Brown fan club where Brene Brown doesn't actually show up, but like it's the people who just want to talk about her? Well, who isn't, right? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it was great. So uh, Kelly and I went off on a boat and talked about Brene Brown and vulnerability for a whole weekend, which was so fun to get to know her. So, um, all right. Yeah. Let's talk about this because I just turned 40, Graham's turning 40 tomorrow. And I feel like it would be one thing if I was like, hmm, this is a little weird to turn 40, but I've had everybody from, I'm not kidding you, like my Pilates class teacher to, you know, siblings to just everybody mentioning like, isn't it kind of weird to turn 40? Isn't it kind of weird to have these milestone birthdays? And coincidentally, I turned 40 about a month after my mom turned 70 and I was talking to her about it and she said, oh, well, you think 40 is weird. Wait till you turn 70. So yeah. there's something here. There's something to this. And we want you to explain it to us. I mean, we're, we're not off, right? Oh my gosh, no. I think that literally um, everybody, if you if you talk to anybody in any age group, it's so funny because my daughter's 25 and they thought when they turned 25, like life had been over for them. And I was cracking up. I'm like, girls, pull yourself together. So I had to mention <laughs> to them, sadly, that this is going to be probably the hottest you're ever going to look, the best you're ever going to feel. And they're like, that is so depressing. So I'm like, okay, well, let's shift that. Um, but no, no they should be naked all day. I've changed my whole opinion on that. Like I used to think girls should just be covered up all the time. But the truth is, if I went back to 25, I never should have worn clothes. Well, I should have just walked everywhere naked. At least in a thong, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch Shit's Creek? Oh, yes, of course. Did you see the episode where she, uh, she's really mad because there's no naked pictures for her on the internet? <laughs> mom she's like i was so young and hot i should there should be naked pictures of me all over the internet <laughs> <laughs> so awesome oh my gosh it's so true oh god back to the back to the milestones <laughs> i think that um i think that's really like seriously a time of reflection for all of us don't you guys like where you come into 40 and you're like wait what how did this even happen like your brain isn't even there yet but your age says you are yes yeah, it, it is. Okay, so let's go through each one of them because we actually have listeners who are a lot younger. We have a lot of new moms and we have listeners who are in their 60s too. So like this isn't, this isn't just uh, 40. I mean, obviously that's what we're thinking about, but like I feel like for the new moms, um, turning 30 was a big deal to me too. 
like how, how, what are you seeing in your practice as far as like kind of the navigating away from the twenties into the thirties where it is like official adulting? It's not just like the adulting where it's sort of cute and novel. It's like, oh no, I probably have a child. Like I'm, or I'm thinking about starting a family. Like what are we seeing there as the biggest um, sort of new challenges to be navigated? In 30. Yeah. I think that, you know, what the interesting part about that when you were talking about new moms is there's so many that are waiting till later. And 30 is a time of independence still is what we're seeing. And so they're just questioning, like, you know, they're doing some personal growth stuff to look at, you know, who should I marry and what should, and should I marry this particular person? And this is what this relationship looks like. And, you know, it's more of, I think, there, what we're seeing in 30 currently isn't new moms as much as it is, you know, people ready to move into that kind of serious commitment. So that's so interesting because oh, like so you're seeing people got... who haven't gotten married yet, right? I mean, obviously, that's totally normal, but you're seeing a, ri- a greater rise in that. oh, yeah, of 30 and single or 30 and you know, or 30 and, and dating forever and not being married, you know, or committed yet. So, well, you know, those are the challenges that we're seeing at that point, yeah. Because, yeah, I do feel like I dodged the 30. I dodged the 30 pontification because I think I was seven months pregnant on my 30th birthday with my first child. And so I was so busy and focused that it just slipped me by and I got to dodge that decade of pontification. But I also kind of knew what 30s would look like because I knew I would have young children, um, you know, and be working and taking care of them. And I knew they'd be hectic. Now is the time that I'm feeling very adrift. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's true because Graham and I both got married young. We both got married at 25. Mm-hmm. early yeah. 25 right you mm-hmm. were you were 24 mm-hmm. I was yeah. you were 24 and I turned 25 like a couple days beforehand so we were young but I think that's true like 30 it was just like I was too busy to notice like I had a two-year-old you know and I knew I, who I was married to I knew what I was I, I was stuck there not stuck there but you know what I mean like I wasn't <laughs> it was like you know you're just too busy to to sit around and think like did I make the right choice you're just like I gotta get up I gotta do this I gotta do that you know mm-hmm. as opposed to 40 I wonder if other people I mean, are, is it is it so much about the age, or is forty everybody kind of feels that same um, the same stuff as opposed to thirty people being in really different situations? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I find that thirty is not anything like forty. I don't know if you guys can can speak to that, but you know what I'm seeing in 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 my practice and then in my own personal life. I was young too. I was 23 when I was married and had my first kid at 24. So by 30, I was already divorced, single momming and opening my own company. So I was in a totally different um, space. Um, But yeah, 40, now 40 for men and women um, is super challenging. And I think that's more because by 40, we're really looking at, you know, at that point, you probably are, um, have been married and it's probably, you're, you're dealing with so many other things. Like if you've been married a long time, you know, that kind of, you're looking at yourself and saying, okay, so is this, is this still who I want to be with? You know, is this the career I want? Your kids are getting a little bit more, um, old, not more older, they're getting older and, um, you know, but more, more independent. independent. Yeah. And so you're not on. so, yeah, you're not so consumed. It's not like, you know, like, 
this getting up every couple of hours at night and things like that. So you definitely have a little bit more time to look around. Your body's changing a lot more at 40 than 30, (laughs) you know, so I think that those are things that are pretty noticeable for all of us. So, you know, I think I just had my annual physical yesterday and the doctor put the stethoscope on my neck and he said, (laughs) he said, now I'm going to check your what, like pulmonary vein or something. And it was the first time that had ever been done before. You know, you go every year, but then like all of a sudden they start looking at new things. <laughs> and it was really interesting, like that they started adding in all these new tests. Yeah. Isn't that fun? I had my first mammogram last week and it was so scary because it was me and all the old ladies. And it was like, why am I here? This is the old lady test. I'm young. Like, Sorry, I'm, I don't like young. You're good. You're good. We, dogs are welcome on the welcome home. Podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm actually in one of my offices and I brought the dog in today. So she's a little bit, she's, she's listening to everybody come in for the morning. Oh my God. Sorry. You're good. You're good. So how is it different with men? Like let us in on, on what our husbands are thinking. That's a really good yeah. one. Cause you oh. hear everybody's stories. Well, okay. <laughs> the men. You can talk about them abstractly and confidentially. <laughs> confidentially. Totally. It can be like so in theory. No. You know, the interesting thing I think the most interesting about men is when they come in for help around that time, they have no clue that it's related to age. <laughs> They'll just be like, all of a sudden I'm feeling lost and questioning. And you're like, this is midlife. And they're like, what? No. Yeah, dude, this is what it is. You know, but they, they start feeling not as um, hot. Uh, their sex drive may be, you know, um, limited more than definitely more than it was. You know, as you guys know, we all peak at different ages. So that's something that they're dealing with. Um, maybe medication, career, you know, if they're not where guys are much, much more focused on obviously um, their careers and supporting their families you know, and so these are just things that they're coming in and feeling all this excessive pressure um, at that that point. Like, you know, is this it? And it's it's similar to women because we're, we're all working and all of those things too. But you know, the men, they just don't talk about it as much as as we do. We're, we're, you know, we just tend to talk to each other about those things and men don't talk to each other about those things. So that's probably the biggest difference is so much of it has to go on in their head alone because they don't know that other men are also thinking those same things. Whereas women, we tend to get some support from from other girls so that's, that's probably the biggest switch yeah they're 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 carrying that load solo hmm so how do we have those conversations with men in our lives i think probably just talking about your own experience you know like hey i'm feeling you know these thoughts and these questions in my mind now that i'm 40 did you know are you are you questioning any of those things are you feeling any different do you feel different in your you know just kind of like feel this or my body's doing this or whatever, you know, just kind of making it okay to have the conversation. I think men sometimes are ashamed to talk about feelings or especially insecurities. That's not something that, well, nobody likes to talk about that, but you know, so. I feel like my husband's excited to be an old man. I feel like he's working it too hard. He's like, oh, no, too old, too old. I don't know. (laughs) 
All right. Do you have any tips for navigating, like looking ahead since you also see that anything for, I always like, I need a roadmap. I'm someone who likes a list and a plan and a roadmap. So I'm, like I said, I'm struggling with this identity for my forties. That's kind of the crisis that I felt. I think, so to articulate mine is I think I've almost, I have a better vision of what my sixties, seventies, and let's say even eighties, you know, hopefully willingly uh, that I get to them will look like. I kind of understand that. And forties and fifties have been a big fat question mark on my, on my life plan. You know, I feel like I'm one of those girls who maybe always had it mapped out and I am really struggling with this giant black hole. Why do you think that is? I mean, like, what do you think the black hole is in the forties and fifties where you think you have 60, 70 and 80 kind of clear? Well, because- Oh, because Graham's an old lady. That's also what's going on is Graham was born to be 60. She has just been (laughs) biding her time waiting to be an old lady. So- Well, I mean, no, just charting like the path of my life. I mean, more information than you want, but you know, I, I- went to college. I got a master's degree. I worked, 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 worked. I had my young children, you know, I'm done having children. I've raised them, you know, not fully, obviously they always take work, but they have, you know, they're diminishing in their absolute needs on me. You know, my, I've gotten both of my children in school this year. This is the first year. And so I've got them out of the house from, you know, seven 30 to three o'clock in the afternoon. And then if you start throwing in their massive amount of sports, I've started realizing that I have these massive pockets or even little pockets of just time when it's just kind of me by myself. And, um, and then, so now on being on the very, very precipice of 40 slash 50, I could, I think I could have always, I was very close with my grandparents and I always saw them traveling the world in their sixties and seventies and eighties and, you know, doing what retired people do, but I don't think of forties and fifties as retirement age. So then I asked myself, okay, well, I mean, and obviously what, you know, Kirsten and I have the show and we enjoy it and whatever, but then there's like, well, do I go back and restart my career and stake my name, you know, as a, you know, in the working world and, or do I just continue focus on parenting? But let's be honest, am I really parenting? Is like, is it, it's not that much of a huge lift or do I just like sit around and play tennis all day? I don't know. You know, I mean, I just, I haven't been able to chart these next 20 years. I think that's so, that's so, um, that's so true for so many of us, Graham. That's what, that's what my pod, that's where my podcast originated out of is all of those very same questions that so many of us are struggling with specifically when you're in a position where you have some free time finally, and mm-hmm. it's something that you thought you wouldn't, you wouldn't experience again. And then all of a sudden you have these eight yeah. hours a day and you're like, holy cow, what, what's my purpose? What do I want to fill them with? Is, is it just being a mama or is it, is it bigger than that for me? And you know, so those are what everybody is struggling with. And I think the answer to that really comes in doing some serious reflection on what it is that, that feeds your soul. Like, what is it that, you know, that probably playing tennis all day doesn't feed your soul as much as you need, probably because you're questioning it. You have so many other things that you think of that maybe you'd like to jump into or stick your toe in. And I, you know, and that's, that's where 50 year olds are at too. You know, the, the, the 40s and 50s, if you get the opportunity, like you're lucky that you can, that you got to stay home and now you're questioning that. But all of my girlfriends are exactly where you guys are. They're in their 40s, but they have their kids a little bit later. So they're doing exactly where you guys are at. Like the, okay, now what? What's next? My kids are more independent. Theirs are a little bit older than you guys. Theirs are junior high and high school. But I think all, all women, we really across the board start questioning what's next. What are we going to do? What are we going to fill these prime years with and not waste my time? And um, it's got to be, I think it's about passion. 
mm. finding what you're passionate about. I think just getting busy is not the answer any of us are looking for. I think it's, you know, doing something that matters to you. And, and so that's where it starts. What matters to me? What, what kind of legacy would I like to leave for myself? And, and then look from there. So maybe forties and fifties are the legacy building. Years. I think so. That's yeah. an interesting way to look at it. Okay. Well, I, mean, I had a friend. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. No, no. I had a friend the other night who said, you know, cause I was posing the same problem and she basically made, she made a good point that I hadn't heard. She said, you know what? We've busted it up until now. We really have busted it. So these, this next decades just be about, you know, enjoying it while you still pretty much have your health. Like you're talking about the 25 year olds, you know, who don't feel as gorgeous as they should. And we know they look now, you know, looking back at 25 year olds, um, that maybe forties is almost the entry point into, you know, the second half. And so I should just be living it up right now in my forties. It just feels very indulgent to be doing that. <laughs> as someone who's used to working hard, it feels very, very indulgent right now. That's, that's the issue. I don't mind indulging when like my knees are creaky and, you know, and the world has no more use for me in an office space type thing, but I, I just don't quite know how to, this more deep than you probably wanted. No, um, like thanks it. for the, thanks for the free birthday psychoanalysis, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten lined this up. I think she's probably after the show going to be like, happy birthday. Kelly was your present. <laughs> No, I, I think, oh gosh, it is so true because I've had so many friends who exactly what you're saying, Graham, it's like, like I have been, I have been going nonstop for 40 years. Like I have been working my butt off in school and then like working my butt off in work and then working my butt off to like balance work and children and being pregnant yeah. and little kids and back and forth between either like full-time mom to like a little side hustle to like, yeah. you know, working full-time and squeezing in time with my kids and trying to, you know, and, and like they've hit a point where it's like, okay, now my kids are a little bit easier. Now we have a little more financial, um, you know, margin. Now we can, you know, and it is, it suddenly it becomes like all these things that people didn't think they'd ever see the light. Like now they right. have them. <laughs> exactly. And on one hand, like, you're right. Like, is this going to be a life you're super proud of that you you know, did something, but I also feel like people, there are some people who are, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing tennis. I, I stink at tennis. So tennis is always the thing I throw under the bus because mm -hmm. secretly I wish everyone <laughs> would find a sport I liked. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, I, speaking of Renee Brown, talking about the importance of play and having something in your life that just, you just do joy for joy's sake and how that actually like makes you more productive and a better person and a better mom and a better spouse and a better employee. And, you know, so I don't think there's anything wrong with like finding at 40 the permission to say I have a little bit of time to play. Like it's probably good. But well, but what I'm hearing though is that yeah, that's good, but then there's got to be more, right? Isn't that the search? Isn't that the search? Like what is it that really will fulfill me? You know, mm -hmm. but I mean if you're going to bring up Brené Brown, it's like getting in the arena, right? And being vulnerable and doing the things that doing the things that make you scared. So I think that the wisdom that you gain, at, you know, in your forties and by 40 and, um, and then of course to 50 is that you learn more about yourself and you get, you get to the point where you want to be brave with your life mm, and you want to yeah. do more. And I think that's the bigger question. It's not really, you know, of course you want to have play and fun and relationships and tennis. Those are obviously things that, that balance us out. But I think the question for a lot of people is, you know, what is it that's going to fill my cup? That's really, you know, 
Okay. I so like that idea though of choosing a legacy. That's a very nice idea because I think maybe just the environment I was raised in, like you basically were told and taught that by the end of your life, you should have changed the world in some way. And I, I'm assuming Kirsten was too, because I spent enough time talking to Kirsten. Like, and I think we have these larger existential issues that we very much struggle with. Are we, is what we're doing big enough? Is it always big enough? Is it good enough? Does it quantify enough? Um, and maybe that's time. Maybe you've given me the drive, Kelly, just to pick whatever cause it is. And maybe it doesn't have to be a global shift, but I do need to do something. I need to. And the other problem is, is I think with the things that I care about or get involved in, it's been very like a shotgun approach. You know, people have asked me to do something, so I will lend my skills and help them. But I'm not sure if I've ever said, this is my cause. This is my mantle. Here's what I'm going to dedicate the next decade to actually trying to make a dent in. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe that's the concept is that we should all choose our one thing and just move, you know, and take off in that direction. (laughs) The hard thing is what is the one thing? Well, I mean, it could be like, I I mean, helping helping the environment. I mean, there are children, so many children who need help. I mean, in the world, like, for example, you could be, I have a good friend and she does the, she does, she's like an advocate for foster children. You know, she helps them navigate the the world. That's a wonderful thing to do, you know, or how, I mean, and it's not just talking volunteerism. That's, I'm talking like help go out and improve a system that you see that's broken. That would be a good goal for 40 and 50, like actually tackle a problem. But also not to put pressure on everyone to feel like they have, you know, some people just aren't called to a passion on that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's more about like digging in deep for your own, you know what, we could, we could be committed to, you know, helping, helping other moms who are struggling or, you know, it could be anything. But I think that the point has to be that it comes from you in a space that feels right in you. I think that's the key that it's not something that I'm, that I'm creating, you know, mechanically so that I feel like I'm doing something. It's more like my legacy is something that comes so authentically mm-hmm. from me that you can like, you know, that it brings joy, you know what I mean? And it spills over to, to my family and to my friends because that's, you know, does that make sense more than Absolutely. just a task? Like it's more of like, you know, being, being so full of, you know, passion for something and joy that it that automatically just spills over and creates great things for the people around you absolutely okay so this is really random but we're going to talk about something else that brings us joy and that is the joy of fish delivered to your home we're specifically talking about sizzlefish i think everyone who's listened to our show knows very much about sizzlefish we love it sizzlefish.com delivers pure natural seafood to your door everything's top quality responsibly sourced Kirsten, do you like how I just made that amazing segue? Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Kelly's probably like, what the what what is going on? (laughs) No, we do. We actually love this product. It's awesome. Really high quality. Um, You guys, it was delicious. We Americans are not eating enough fish, so eat more fish and Sizzlefish will send you much uh, higher quality than you can get in the grocery store. So go ahead and check them out. Um, Graham, can you give the promo code? Yeah, it's amazing. So basically sizzlefish.com. And if you go to, if you type in home, you get 10% off your first order. Kirsten and I have tried the boxes. They come with such high quality, everything from sea bass to salmon, shrimp to calamari and give it a whirl, sizzlefish.com and use the code home. Okay. Thanks sizzlefish. Okay. Kelly, back to you. Let's get super vulnerable here. I feel like one of the things that's really hard about 40 is, well, okay. I remember like watching people say like, like older than me, like my parents, you know, I'm done, whatever it is, skiing, I'm done 
well, for my dad, he's a little bit extreme skydiving. When he when he threw in his skydiving, that was like, okay. And it and it struck me that like, wow, that's gotta be really hard to say. I will never do that again. You know, I'm selling this house because it's just too much to go back there. And and I haven't obviously had the point where like, well, I will never do that again. I mean, except for, well, well, actually, no, no, no. At 40, we've had the conversation of we can't do cartwheels anymore. Those are, those are out for us. <laughs> you, when's the last time you all tried to do a cartwheel? It's so hard. Um, but I did one the first day the patent went to kindergarten, and it was wonderful. And You can still do your so cartwheels. Right. Okay, I got to work on those. All right. Um, but I do feel like I'm dealing with some feelings of loss. That is definitely over. Is I mean, how do you deal with like sort of the the sadness of that? And even when you're looking at your passions, it's a little bit like, you know, some things are probably off the table. I'm probably not going to be, you know, when you're telling your five-year-old, you can be anything you want to be. I really probably can't. You know what I mean? Like there's some things that are probably (laughs) not going to happen for me anymore. I don't, does that make sense? Totally. I think there's so much grief involved in grief. That's the word. No, yeah, you grieve your youth. Absolutely. There's so many things that, you know, I I don't know about you guys, but I mean, just even um, like falling in love for the first time, you know, like, or that, you know, you see new couples and they're all like, you know, and you're like, oh man, I remember when we were like that. I'm not going to get to do that again. That makes me sad. Or not that you can't build an amazing relationship, but you know, just that, that new. And my husband and I, when we sold our big house, cause our daughter left home, empty nester is a huge grieving time. That's super hard. And I only had one kid. So when she left home, I felt like I had lost a part of my identity, even, even owning companies. I felt like that was such a big part of me was being a mom, like a, yeah, I'm still a mom, but you know, um, that when she moved out, that was huge for me. How did you deal with that? I'm very curious about that. Well, I had to go on medication. I'm not going to lie. Cause my anxiety level went through the roof. Um, okay. I was so stressed about, I thought of every bad thing when I would lay in bed at night, like, you know, she was in a sorority at ASU mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my God, like, what if she's drunk on the street and some weirdo, you know, all the horrible things you think of. Okay. So once I went on medication, that sort of took those crazy thoughts down a little bit. Um, and they, here's what I'm going to tell you guys for the hopeful piece of it. It is a hard transition, but once you're done with it, you don't want to go back. That's the best part. Like now when she's like, can I come stay for the week? I'm like, why do you have a house? Like, why are you coming here? It's so awesome. You're just like, this is so great. What was I crying about? That's what I've heard. I've really heard this from everyone is that you're going to want to just dig yourself a grave for like maybe about a year, but then you never want them back. Yeah, no, it's, you definitely go one direction. You don't need to U-turn on that. That's for sure. That's good to um, know in advance. I yeah, like there's hope. That's what I'm telling you. There's hope. There's hope. But I will tell you that the, that, that grieving part, Kirsten, that you were talking about, that increases through, especially like I've experienced that at 50. Um, you know, when you're talking about like, what's next, what's next, we did this exercise. I just was at um, Rachel Hollis at the Rise Business Conference and you know, throughout my career, one of the big things people do is like, you know, let's meditate and focus on yourself 10 years from now. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? You know, and I remember in my twenties and thirties, that was totally like such a fun game. And at 50, I was like, oh, that's not as fun anymore. Like I don't want to envision myself <laughs> at 60. What am I doing? You know? And, um, and I lost both of my parents really young. My, my dad died at 62, my mom at 68. And so that gets in my melon too. Like my helmet, like what if I only have 12 years left, which is crazy. You don't need to do that, but it does put 
that's it fair. does that's what very it fair. gives us to live hard. You know what I mean? Like go, go for whatever I want, the legacy thing, like whatever it is I want to do, let's get in it. Let's not say, Hey, maybe next year, maybe, you know, it really forces me to look at getting it in right now. Like, let's do this, like, you know, all in. And hopefully I'll be here when I'm 80 and, and I'll have done a ton of stuff. But I think, you know, in your twenties and thirties, you feel like you have forever. And I think the shift in 40 and 50 is you realize that you don't have forever. And Mm-hmm. And so. you don't want to squander it. I think that's what I'm coming to is what yeah. am I, what kind of pivot am I going to take so that it's not squandered? Exactly. Yeah. It gets a little bit hard though. Have you ever had like a day where you're like, I'm going to eat really, really healthy. And then you like eat one, you know, maybe one piece of chocolate or one potato chip. And then you're like, well, I already broke it. So I'm just going to eat the whole bag, you know? And it's like, that does not make any sense logically. Like have that potato chip. You're fine you know, but you're like, well, I screwed up now. So I mean, I feel like there's sort of this like, well, I guess I can't be a Supreme Court justice. So no <laughs> point. In, and it's like, no, 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 you don't have to eat the whole bag of potato chips. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Does right. I checked sense? the other day. I thought it might be nice to go back and be a surgeon. And I've always wanted to do that. And I'm too Me old too. to go to medical school. Me too. I always think about going to medical school. Mind you, I had to take baby bio pass fail. The only reason I even got through college was because I took a study abroad class called Italy's contribution to modern science, which got my gen eds and (laughs) spoiler alert, Italy has not contributed at all to modern science. It was mostly about Galileo, but so clearly (laughs) being a surgeon was never really on the table, but Graham, I've had that exact same thought. Yeah. But it's really disheartening when you learn you can't even start, uh, you know, with all the, you know, electives you'd have to take just to get in. It would be too long. I thought this was kind of fun, an article about turning 40. And it was different things that happen as you turn 40. And I think this is neat. And see if any of these resonate for you, Kelly, um, that people walk away from toxic relationships faster. Mm -hmm. I've I've noticed myself doing that a little more. People who I just don't want to hang out with anymore, I just have stopped seeing. Um, my inhibitions decrease. They were always pretty low. Oh, Graham has no inhibitions. This is going to get dangerous. <laughs> your, I thought this was cool, that your preference for experience outweighs your desire for fancy things. Absolutely. I have noticed that time and time again lately that I really, I mean, you know, to go out to a really, really fine, I mean, I feel like we've been very fortunate. We've been able to go to lovely restaurants that I don't even... I almost don't even want to do it anymore. I just kind of want to go to neat places that are kind of off the beaten path. Well, you're just going to get heartburn anyway. What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's interesting, Graham, because I do for me personally, um, and my girlfriends talk about this too, is there's a, there's an era of collection. (laughs) Does that mean like, like we're, we're proving to ourselves that we're making it. So you want to get all the things you know, to to prove to yourself, like I've done it. We've arrived. Look at, I've got this super cool car and this super cool house and it's filled with super cool. And then all of a sudden, like a huge shift happened for me, like between 45 and 50, where I wanted to get a way smaller house. Now my kid left obviously. So it was just me and my Mm -hmm. husband, but, and then I wanted a totally different design model where it was clean, like clean lines and modern, not tchotchkes everywhere. Like I had, my other house was amazingly cool, but but then this one, I'm like, no, this one's clean. And getting rid of all the stuff that mm-hmm. I spent so much time collecting in a frenzy to prove to myself that I was successful. So wow, I, absolutely. <laughs> I know I found that about myself too. Is I just, you know, I, eh, you know, take it or leave it. You like my house? Great. If not, fine. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Isn't yeah. that a freeing thing though? It's so oh, it's so freeing. I love it. Someone asked me the other night if I was going to redo my kitchen because we've talked about this a lot. People are always asking me if I'm going to redo my kitchen. I'm like, yeah, if I get around to it, but I don't really care. Your kitchen's fine. It's not because I can't do it. It's just because I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. And oh, it's here's tragic. A and it's what? tragic to do that with kids and a family, like to uh, gut your chick your kitchen will be like a emotional strain that's gonna be like exactly. Oh you're avoiding it. Okay. I think it's time we take a quick break for some of our sponsors. We could not have a more timely sponsor talking about today's episode and issues of just kind of counseling. We are sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp is a wonderful online counseling option out there for you. You can connect to a professional counselor in a private online environment. It's insanely convenient. Basically, anything you're struggling with, and potentially if it's just milestone birthdays, maybe like me, uh, you can connect almost within a few hours to a counselor that will help you with any kind of issues you are struggling with, grief, self-esteem, anxiety, relationships, 40th birthdays. Uh, like we said, anything is confidential. They have over 3,000 licensed therapists in every single state. Not that it matters because you can do it online. But if you want, like, let's say if you wanted a counselor who is in Alabama to talk to you, um, then because I'm in Alabama, you could find one. So we have a wonderful- <laughs> Not sure why that's relevant. Well, I don't know. Maybe people people feel state specific. I feel like, but we have a. Cool... If you want a comfortable Southern accent that just makes you feel at home, my mom likes to talk to Southerners better. I mean, honestly, she really does. I mean, okay. I think she would feel more comfortable speaking just like a South Carolina <laughs> therapist. Um, okay, our listeners get ten percent off their first month. That's pretty cool. You might as well give it a try. Use the discount code Welcome Home, all one word, Welcome Home. So that's BetterHelp.com/slash/WelcomeHome. Okay, and you're going to also use the discount code Welcome Home, all one word. So fill out a questionnaire. They'll help assess your needs and get you matched with a perfect counselor you love. Um, that's BetterHelp.com/slash/WelcomeHome, and use the code Welcome Home. You'll get ten percent off your first month. Good luck. Hope everyone is doing well mentally. And after this episode, you might not be. So this will come in very handy. Okay. Let's also talk about Stitch Fix Kids. Okay. I think a lot of our listeners have probably heard of Stitch Fix, but you might not know there's also Stitch Fix Kids. Similar to Stitch Fix, it is an online personal styling service, but this is for your kids and it delivers children's clothes, shoes, and accessories right to your door. They've got every style you want from preppy to boho um, to sporty. Your kids can be part of um, doing the style profile quiz, or you could just do it yourself if you want to be in charge, but how fun that, that an expert personal stylist will send them hand-picked um, items in a whole box based on their style and preferences. So um, there is no subscription required for this, which I love. I love not being trapped into things, but this you just get to pick between automatic shipments or getting um, new pieces on demand and shipping exchanges and returns are always free. So if you want to get started today, you're going to want to go to stitchfix.com slash kids slash welcome home. Again, that's stitchfix.com slash kids slash welcome home and you will get to try Stitch Fix and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in, in the box. And as a bonus, Stitch Fix will waive the $20 styling fee when you use this code's this show's special URL, which again is stitchfix.com slash kids slash welcome home. Um, so go ahead and give it a try to waive that $20 styling fee and um, yeah, hope you enjoy it and hope it makes shopping for kids' clothes a little bit easier. Thanks, Stitch Fix Kids. Thanks, Stitch Fix. Okay, here's another one. Do you find this one that your social circle gets smaller? Oh, of course. Way. 
but but so much deeper again like collecting things it's collecting people like you know the insecurities of younger age like you know oh look i'm so popular i'm invited to all these things and all these parties and i keep my schedule bananas but um and then all of a sudden there's a shift like kind of like what you said i don't want to spend my time with people who drain me or i my days are so full i don't want to give away pieces of time to people that aren't contributing to the value of my life like definitely definitely that mm-hmm. well as you're as you're addressing this grieving of of the time that's gone mm-hmm. you know it makes you more um, mindful of of your time kind of in general like i now know how much of it i've lost i know how much i have left like it makes it more precious and so yeah, yeah it would make perfect sense that that you would say well i don't have much of this anymore and share it with you whereas i think also when you're a new mom at least for me i was I, I I could not, I needed a schedule. I needed places to be. And so that often involved scheduling a play date, joining a mommy and me class, you know? So for that, yes, that was very important. And very it's important. like, I didn't really care who I was with as long as there was somebody there. And right. now I'm oh, sort yeah. of, you know, now I'm like, well, do I, you know, is this a real friendship or is this, you know, I think that makes a, a difference as well. Uh-huh. And that'll shift again for you guys, just so you know, when your kids grow up and leave, because a lot of times you're spending time with your kids parents your kids friends parents mm, um right. because it makes sense you want to know who your kids are hanging out with and you're doing play dates and you're dropping them off right. here you're trading right. off schedules to sports activities and mm-hmm. so that becomes your network and then mm-hmm. it'll shift again you know when your kids leave home you'll be like oh wait now you know, so i have a very deep on. thought and tell me what you think kelly because i really think you're kind of a genius about all of this um new sports culture that's come up with children so i actually i've been because i always like to think a couple steps down the line on things so i've noticed that in in all environments really not just locally here that this new world of sports has gotten so, like you say, bananas, right? That kids aren't now even playing on recreational teams. They're all playing on travel teams, right? Where they are going and they're spending weekends places, you know, and the parents are staying at, you know, the Holiday Inn Express while the children play in a weekend festival somewhere, whatever it is. And that's so pervasive here. I'm assuming it is in Arizona. and And none of these kids are going to the NFL. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. So we know that. We all joke about that as parents. Like we, we're all probably having the same conversations. But here's my fear for what, because this is a business. People, the athletic associations have realized this is a humongous moneymaker. And it's one that we as parents are falling prey to. But from a social aspect, what I think is happening is that during this important time when parents could be out like making valuable friendships, right? Like having plans on Friday, you know, going out with their mm-hmm. friends on Friday or Saturday night. Instead, they're spending it now hustling children, you know, to different places in different cities. And thus they're losing like the decade of their thirties per se, or forty or early forties, whenever it is mm-hmm. when they should be making friends. Cause like you say, your social circle is going to get smaller and smaller and that it's actually going to have a, um, a reaction down the line that you look back and you realize that you've put it into hanging out with other team parents where you, I mean, maybe you're deepening friendships there, but I don't know if that's the case. I haven't really noticed that. I noticed that people are friendly as they talk on the sidelines and, you know, they have a good time and they sometimes enjoy each other's company, but I don't know if it has a lasting effect the way that spending quality time has. I think it's going to hurt people socially down the line is what I'm thinking. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if that um, is really true because I think no matter what, before traveling teams, think back to like your high school days. You know, if you guys were involved in activities and sports, your parents got to know your friend's parents. And you know, never, mine didn't. Oh, really? 
Kel- back remember, to like, tennis, Kelly. You've I- never seen me play a sport, but there was no traveling teams or sitting on the sidelines for my parents. Yeah, my parents barely. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they came to a single thing. So oh, no, they, they were like too bad. My parents get had the mantra: "We've got a life. See you later. We're not coming to any of your junk. Hope you do well." So. Oh, okay. Wait, no, me too. But I'm saying I thought maybe you guys did. No, I didn't even play well enough. It would have been a humiliating task for them to. Um, I, I got on the track team because there wasn't tryouts. That's what I'm going to say about that. Me too. Me too. Oh God bless God. the God bless the track team. <laughs> it's the catch-all for would-be athletes. And at least and we got to play a team sport and have a uniform. Yay! Totally. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, no question. God I bless. I still have track. my track sweatshirt. Me too. Oh, girl. <laughs> we all have our track sweatshirts. We felt so special. It was great. Oh my God. I know how to walk. I'm sure I could do that more quickly. <laughs> Awesome. I'm still walking. Yay. I know. <laughs> um, but I do think, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. There are, there are a lot of people though, who totally live for that, by the way, parents who think that's the best thing that ever happened and who may not be able to develop friendships outside of that environment. Have you ever thought of that? That's true. <laughs> they may that's not great. be social geniuses. So they find like, this is like, you know, awesome. They have auto friends, which. That's true. I should be fair about that. All right. So let's talk about the thing like the the elephant in the room, if you will, the midlife crisis. Okay, how much of this is, you know, we all have the exact same image in our head when we say midlife crisis. We picture a balding guy driving a fancy sports car with a, you know, 20-year-old girlfriend. Okay, what's midlife crisis really look like? Or is it even a thing? Um, I think it's totally a thing, but I think it looks like everybody. That's what I think it looks like. I think midlife crisis can be silent, or it can be crazy like the balding guy with a 20-year-old girlfriend. I think we all react, just like we all react to all kinds of stress differently and we, emo- we emote differently. Um, I think, but there's nobody that gets out without the questions that we put out here today. Like, what's next? What, what's going to be meaningful? What's my legacy? Am I good enough? Is this good enough? You know, you look around, is this relationship good enough? Are these friends, is this, is this all there is? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is it more? That's everybody across the board. So I don't think, I think we need to, you know, it's like saying the alcoholics, the homeless guy in the road. No, it's the, you know, it's the 40 year old mom drinking three bottles of wine at night, you know? So you gotta, we've got to just know that it's all around us and it's very, 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 very common. Hmm. Well, how do you stop from being the, I mean, I guess it's not any better to say, well, be the alcoholic mom drinking four bottles of wine versus being the homeless person drinking from a paper bag. But how do you avoid being whatever the female equivalent is of, well, wait, let's address that first. What is the female equivalent of like the stereotypical, you know, balding man with the 20 year old girlfriend in the sports car? What oh, would- the one with um, crazy amounts of lip fillers and so much Botox that they can't even raise their eyebrows. Like that one, you mean? And it's with the oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But you're not saying any Botox, right? A little Botox. No, I'm not even judging that. I'm joking because we're a pro Botox show. Of course. <laughs> who's not? The only reason I'm not on it is because the, the, my um, dermatologist said it can go one of two ways for you because I had. My, my forehead was too loose and she goes, and it can drop it. So it looked like I had a ski cap too tight, my eyebrows down, or it could lift it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm up for the, for the, for the risk here. That could be ridiculous. Otherwise I would be pro Botox, but she scared the crap out of me. No, I think that this all comes down to this, you guys, this is the, this is the key to this whole situation is to know that right now, today, 
you've got this. Like you're doing the best right now today. And, and when you look to tomorrow, look to tomorrow, be present in your situation, enjoy the minutes you have, and then really do some reflection. Don't just say, Oh, I don't feel like I'm doing enough or I'm not healthy enough, or I'm not, I'm not a good enough mom. Do stuff that, that makes you feel good about you. When I said the too many lip fillers and the Botox, what makes me sad about that, and at 50, you get a lot more clarity than you do at 40, trust me, is that, you know, it all comes from an internal, like, you know, I've got this, like, I love myself. And I know that sounds like, you know, the whole, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough, but that's the reality. Like, the reality is, love yourself girls and the, if Botox doesn't do it, but if you're doing Botox because you don't love yourself and you feel like you have to do it, that's the shift that you want to make in this mid middle age thing is going, Hey, I don't have to do that. If I want to, I can, but I don't have to, to be good enough or to look hot enough or to do what you do because it fills you, you know, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a little, a little bit of embrace your selfishness, but in a, not in a, you know, selfishness is that word is tricky, but it's about loving yourself as much as you would love someone else and giving yourself the same sort of grace and the same sort of attention you would give to other people. Right. And when you said, Hey, I tell my five-year-old, you can do whatever you want. And you're like, okay, so I can't be, okay. So we can't be a surgeon today. All right. But we don't tell ourselves like you do to your kid, how awesome you are and how mm. great you're going to be and how you can do anything you want. We question those things. We look in the mirror and go, Oh God, my boobs are sagging. I've got wrinkles on my forehead. I've got you know, whatever. And so we do a lot of that self, you know, just beat down instead of build up like we do with our kids, you know? Mm. Well, I've said this before on the podcast, but for my husband's, my husband and I are, uh, were born two weeks apart. So for our 40th, rather than we were kind of like, do we do a big trip? Do we do whatever? And we decided we would invest in ourselves the same way we invest in our kids. And kids, you know, our kids show the slightest interest in anything. And we're like, okay, we'll give you this lesson. We'll get you this tutor. We'll take you to as Graham said, the traveling sports team every weekend. And so my husband's taking golf lessons. Um, he's taking piano lessons. I've, I've got a writing coach I'm working with because I want to start writing a little bit more. You know, and we're sort of doing that for ourselves, which is, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a version of liking yourself. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm trying to find that passion. Okay. Tell us about 50. Tell us what's coming for 50. How is 50 different than 40? 50 is full of um, <laughs> give less craps about stuff, you know, like, like were you guys, Graham, you were sounding very advanced in your ability to, to uh, deny what people, not care what people think about. I think that I did that a lot more um, 45 to 50. I think 40, I was still. still I know, but you have to meet my father. It's just, it's like green. <laughs> That's, awesome. that's, that's been a lifelong just blaze your own path. Um, you you want to meet someone who doesn't give any craps. Let me tell you about David. <laughs> it's more that's more just a nurture aspect. Um, you know. I do yes, that's that's not because of wisdom of the ages. <laughs> I mean, I care to a certain extent, obviously. Um, of course I do. But um And by the yeah. way, her dad is the best person ever because being around people like that are is awesome. It's so freeing. 
It really is. And you're always jealous of that freedom. You're like, wow, what is that like to have a pocket full of, you know, you're like, that's Pocket full of confidence or just, yeah. Well, what I have noticed though, is the amount that you get away with. And I do think that's an underutilized tool for people is even turning on the fake confidence. I've, and I try to tell this to my children a lot is like the, the way the world and whether or not this is fair or right, just bends to those people who have that ability to just turn it on and just plow through. Not that I'm saying I do it all the time, but when I notice it in other people, I'm like, wow, why is everyone just like doing exactly what you people are saying? And it's just because they say it with confidence. Okay. All I right. want to end this on a good note. So let's talk about celebrations. Kelly, how do we, what are you, what is your thought on this sort of, is it, is it a healthy thing and a good thing? Or is it a little bit of a weird, maybe there's something else going on there with these massive celebrations for birthdays? Like what's good? What's Love bad? it. Love it. I think <laughs> Says the girl, woman who just returned just from, Maui from Maui yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, and girls, don't kid yourself. I had a 50th birthday and everybody had to show up in sparkle sequins or glitter. Okay. <laughs> Even the men. And it was like a hundred people in a room in full on sparkle and sequence. The whole thing was like, but I, I did all of that because I wanted to celebrate life with people that I love in my village, you know? And I, and I promised myself when that night happened, I was going to stay sober enough to really take it in and look around a room and be like, okay, like this is my tribe. And I am so grateful. And I'm so grateful to be here at 50. And it wasn't, it was just a pure celebration and it was all the fun things that I love. And I think that that's awesome. I think we should. So the people that say it's just another year. No, and no, it's like you get another year out here around the sun. It's like another chance to be awesome. So no, I love it. I love them. Okay. But you well, had a hundred people there. What, what, what about the selective? What do you mean the selective? Those were my selective. She's popular, Kirsten. She's a hundred in her small tribe. This she girl is. is obviously a big, a big player. Yeah, um, she, she, yeah, she rolls I mean, to Maui with a hundred people dressed in sparkles. Oh, like, no, no, the party was in Phoenix. It wasn't in Maui. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, a hundred people to Maui. Who are you? Kirsten, no, who have you no, drummed up for our Phoenix. show? This is hilarious. No, but I do have a great tribe. I'm not going to lie. Well, because if everyone who meets Kelly wants to be wants to be a best friend, I'm actually a little insulted you're, I wasn't invited. You're just so gonna say funny. that is not true. Okay, maybe a little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's wait. Hey, Kirsten, remind everyone where they can find Kelly because you're also a podcaster. Okay, yeah, your podcast is called Girl Get Woke, and how would you describe your podcast, Kelly? Well, it's it's funny that you brought me on for this episode because it's exactly this. It's talking about all things midlife women, like wake up to your life like wake up to you know all the things that you want to do and don't wait for things and don't put off things just love you girl and so it's showing up for yourself and going through all the things that we just talked about today all the questions all the you know and so that's what that's what got it started was going through 40s (laughs) so well thank you for my free birthday present kelly mcgurk (laughs) graham thank you and kirsten this was so fun you guys are so fun well, I'm glad that Graham got to meet you and our listeners got to hear you and her, her podcast. She keeps her episodes pretty short, so you can just kind of get a little a little dose of encouragement and um, perspective, and it's great. I've enjoyed the, the episodes I've gotten a chance to listen to, so congratulations, and thanks Thank for being you. on Welcome Home. Thanks, guys. Have thanks. a great day, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Welcome Home. We think you guys are the best. 
Our sweet listeners tell us all the time that it feels like we're real life friends and not to be too mushy, but we feel the same about you. So why not go ahead and connect with us on Instagram? We're at the Welcome Home Podcast. Or if it's something super secret, feel free to send us an email at hello at thewelcomehomepodcast.com, especially if it's a secret about Kirsten. I'm the one who checks the email. It will stay between us. And as always, if you'd enjoyed today's episode of Welcome Home, please make sure you're subscribed. And also, if you have a few minutes, we'd just love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with your friends. Tell your friends. That's the hospitable thing to do. Thanks for listening to Welcome Home.